0: Hi everyone and welcome to episode number 8 of the Strength in the Numbers show, which you can find with detailed show notes with all the relevant links to resources that will accelerate the impact you make in your finance and accounting career at sitnshow.com slash podcast slash 008. From today's show we have... Wei Chien-Yung, audit lead for Asia Pacific at Cargill, one of the largest private companies in the world. She's currently based out of Singapore. Wei Chien has picked up great international experience, having been based out of three continents at one time or another, all of which has helped her develop a very well-rounded appreciation of accounting and finance throughout her career. Her current interests are helping finance leverage the value of sustainability audits for the benefit of the business and local communities, and also looking into the impact of blockchain on our profession. On the show, Wei Qian touches on how diversity and audit perspectives can unlock value within the business, particularly sharing some very useful ideas on where sustainability to organizations and their bottom lines. Leveraging her background in global service center transformation, she touches on what automation and blockchain will mean for other shared service centers and the rest of our profession into the future. She also shares some extremely relevant advice on one thing we can all do and practice so that we can have a fun, rewarding and successful career in finance and accounting and one that's really adding impact to our stakeholders and finally it was really great fun getting to know Wei Qin during the recording of the show she's very much down to earth funny very articulate and extremely passionate about our profession making a positive impact for our businesses and communities so without further ado over to Wei Qin and the show So welcome to the show, Weiqian. Thank you,
1: Andrew. Very happy to be on the show.
0: Well, look, delighted to have you with us. As you know, we're starting this pilot series and we brought you on to share your perspectives that you've gained from your, your international experiences and also with your audit background so that we can help other accounting and finance professionals figure out how to have a successful and rewarding career. You just recently moved roles. How, how's the move gone for you?
1: The move has gone reasonably well, I think, in the overall scheme of things, other than a little bit of infrastructure challenges in terms of um, Wi-Fi connection and stuff like that. But other than that, it has all been good. And um, again, thank you for having me on the show. I've been more than happy to share what I've learned throughout the years at different places with the audience of the podcast. And hopefully I can make a small impact of difference to the profession.
0: Fantastic way, Chin. And we'd just like to get to know more about your story. So how did you get into your current role in accounting and finance?
1: Well, to first talk about how do I actually get into my current role, I think it's good to share how do I actually get into accounting to start with. Um, I actually got into accounting at the wish of my parents because it used to be perceived accounting professions to be a very secure role or job. And in generally, you know, an accountant make quite a lot of money as well. But I guess that perception does need some fine tuning at current time. Um, the profession, you know, is, is, It's no longer secure per se. You know, it is evolving and changing very quickly, um, more than ever, you know, not, not at my parents' generation. The profession at, you know, current nowadays just require a very strong people focus and, and stakeholders centric mindset that I call it. And the ability to, to translate, to, to understand the numbers and interpret the numbers into insight, therefore supporting growth and, and development of, of the business. Now, then, as you know, you know you, you kind of share a little about my background. I, throughout my career, I have worked on different roles, and, and now I'm working in the internal audit and, and risk management space with Cargill. And, and Cargill is one of the world's largest integrated commodities agricultural supply chain group. Um, it's privately owned. It's, it's headquarters in Minneapolis.
0: Am I right in thinking it's actually one of the largest privately held businesses in the world?
1: Yes, it's one of the largest, yep.
0: It does seem when you sort of mention about insights, influence, and sort of finding your way to internal audit, it does strike me a bit that that it's more of like a business partnering skill set as opposed to technical finance, despite being in audit. Is that sort of fair to say?
1: Yep, you're absolutely right. Don't get me wrong, the technical capability needs to be there. That's the foundation. That's where you can have a, you know, a constructive and knowledgeable conversation with your stakeholders. But that itself um, is it's definitely not enough in current environment. The current environment is just as what you described. It's about partnering with the business and, and translate the numbers into insight and, and share that with the business.
0: What ways have you sort of found that we can better partner with the business, particularly from an audit perspective or are any others you've gained for your extensive career? What recommendations would you make for our audience?
1: If talking about from an audit perspective, at the current environment, I would think it's the ability to cause some of the strategic risks. Um, that the business is facing that's at a macro broad level. Um, one of it, which um, later on I'd be more than happy to share, will be around sustainability. Um, so, so that is definitely a strategic risk imperative for most of the business. One thing that I will for sure recommend for um, anybody in the finance, professional accounting finance audit, audit in particular will be having a global and broad perspective about the risk area that the business is facing. Um, a, a lot of the audit um, profession that I have worked with in the past, external, internal, um, tend to have a very checkbox mindset, as in, you know, it's very structured. Um, it's very square. You check off the box and you get your job done. But I don't think that is going to sustain or last that is not, not what business is looking for. Business is looking for, um, auditor that is, as I mentioned, more well-rounded. Understand the business, connect with the business, understand what is the real risk to the business and understand what is the practical uh, mitigation plan or control plans that needs to be put in place because we're not talking about a perfect scenario. There's no, we run a business, there's always risk. So it, the, the auditor needs to have that perspective to come in and say, look, what is practical for the business to do in terms of mitigating the risks and what are some of the risks that the business will accept and continue to operate in that manner. So, so yeah, that global perspective, that broad perspective of what business is about that is very, very
0: important. But I mean, you start and finish with that global and broad perspective. I mean, how or what ways could fellow auditors, accountants and finance professionals go about getting that global and broad experience? Is it similar to yourself? You just work in a number of different diverse industries or a number of different roles. What's the best thing to do?
1: I guess I was very fortunate um, throughout my career. I was given the opportunity to work in different countries, different roles and with different people. Um, So so that, that certainly helps in terms of providing an opportunity for a person to have that global and broad perspective, but but assuming the person doesn't have that that kind of opportunity. He or she can still develop that because um we're talking about a a age of internet right now. Um the, the but the individual must have that sense of curiosity and wanted to learn and understand and to be close to the business as in you know as an audit you go when you go out there for an assignment, you talk to business about, you know, um what is driving the business, what is the drivers of the business, talk to the business leader, talk to the operation people. What are the concerns that they have about the business? What are the opportunities that they see? So. Those conversation will help them to have a better understanding of the business and context as well. Um, instead of you know just focusing on on a, a checklist, which is still very common by a lot of the internal audit function and profession or even external audit of having that that particular um, fairly strict guideline or, or um, program that you need to follow. So is in the, in addition to that program, take the opportunity out there to talk to people um, and. Again, everything is on the internet right now, so he or she for sure will be able to learn more about the business and then you know take what you learn on the internet also talk to the business about you know you say for example you're going to to Africa for an audit um I, I'm making this up, but say for example, you're going to audit a cocoa business you know there there's so much you can read on the internet this day about and one of the 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 very important um strategic risks that the business is facing is on sustainability. You know, you can read those things and understand what other competitors are doing. Um, you know what are your current companies doing, and then have that conversation with the business. So that broad perspective, for sure, can be gained um, without having to leave and and work outside of your home country.
0: And I do agree. I think it's very important that, as much as maybe historically in turn order, we might have gone uh, site to site. To, to various different countries perhaps as well or, or cross-nationally, You know, things are changing. More things are being done remotely. A lot of companies are looking into their expense accounts. So it's not necessarily a case of always jumping on a plane or a train or, or driving to another site. It, it might be done much more remotely. So not everyone's going to have the similar experiences. And I think you gave a very good sense of how people can go about the experience, even if they're just sort of sitting in an office, prior research, things like that, that helps get that global and broad perspective we were talking about. And and you touched on sustainability audits as well, wei Chen. By the way, fantastic article you shared with us on LinkedIn. Uh, I, I think in your article, you pointed out perhaps that it was an emerging risk area for businesses. And I was wondering if it was perhaps maybe traditionally we weren't used to addressing those risks or was there something else we were missing so why in your mind should we be thinking more about sustainability and particularly sustainability audits
1: when I say it's emerging is by talking to different um, some of my contact colleagues who are in the profession and also the, the big four accounting you know but, but if I looked at Kageo Old as an organisation um, we are moving very fast on the sustainability space now then looking at what audit is doing right now is a little bit of a catching out so that's where i mentioned it is an emerging area that for audit to stay relevant and, and useful for the business it has to start to look into this um so, so that's where i'm coming from and i mean sustainability has always been something i'm passionate about living in this part of the world um we have a lot of issues with climate <laughs> and food security <laughs>
0: Yes, yes, and look, I think that's something that's going to be more front of our minds. You know, sometimes we can have our heads buried in the numbers, but if we if we cared to look up, there's a community and environment all around us, and whatever we can do to help our businesses, but also our communities, is a good win win to have. So, so just, I suppose, in terms of your mind, that maybe some of the research you've done, or or case studies, or experiences you've had, even if you touch on what is a sustainability audit for some of our audience who who may not be as familiar.
1: Um, if you if you look at sustainability, a lot of people immediately think about, um, you know, climate change, but it's much broader than just climate change. There are three pillars in sustainability, if you looked at um, sustainability in a holistic manner. So the first, of course, is the climate. That's the environment that we're talking about. Now the second pillar is about people which is the community, the society, that uh, we can all make an impact. Now, last but not least, is, is the economy of, of a society or a group of people. Now, a, a lot of the work that I have seen, but um, because after all, you know, measurement, valuation and reporting is, is always something um, the accountant uh, are very, very good at but um if you looked at auditing sustainability then much more than just looking at reporting assurance in my view again this is my personal view there are other areas um, which audit or, or finance in general can um can offer to, to partner and work with the business on sustainability um, say for example um, help our stakeholders or help our business understand better our costs say for example so to understand our cost better say energy savings um, or or, or water usage. How do we use water more efficiently? And and to be part of you know developing of green products, or, or even you know talk about retaining and motivating our employees, the the entire um, they call it employee branding, I believe. All of this will help companies capture value um, through growth and and also through return on capital. But but those are not the area I I think have been um, you know been looked at that closely in the last little while
0: you wouldn't really think finance would traditionally be involved there. So that's that's really appreciate you sharing that with our audience. Because again, like myself, I would not have known we could maybe step into those areas. So that represents a nice opportunity or area that perhaps we've never even considered, but we more potentially the way you described it, have the strengths to make a difference in. So thank you very much for that. And actually just out of interest, maybe carrying on from that, are there any particular areas that are exciting you at the moment about your job work or, or finance in general?
1: Uh, yes, in terms of the new role that I'm getting in right now. When I was in Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur, it was more of a um, Malaysia-focused assignment. So um, it, it's... it's very much focus on a local team. But with a new role, I'm going to work with a global team, and I see myself having an ability to, to really make an impact. Now, first about team, um, the audit team is a very global team at Cargo. Um, I enjoy the interaction, learning, working with um, people from a diverse background, like like with yours with yourself as well, and and that's how I see innovation is unlocked. As in, you you do need that diversity to unlock the innovation, with different view and opinion. And I truly believe collectively as a group, um, we are going to improve on the group thinking and the approach as well. And and that's what I see in order. I mean, like say for example, I'm going on an assignment shortly to Australia, I'm gonna work with people from Turkey, I'm gonna work with of course the Australians, but um within the audit team, the people from Turkey, the people from the people from Latin America and, and that diversity really excites me now um, so that's team now the other aspect of it is uh, you know having the ability to um, to work on sustainability to me is an area that you know we need to start to pay some attention um, and and how to start to think about the the framework the approach that we're going to do at Cargill that those are the two areas that really excite me at the moment.
0: Diversity in particular often undervalued as a source of innovation of ideas, particularly in finance. So it's absolutely fantastic. And I would encourage anyone in accounting and finance, just to try and reach out, uh, bounce up against people in different areas within finance even or outside of finance. Uh, and these shows are aimed to spark ideas in people's minds so they can innovate. And innovate isn't a case of coming up with something completely new. It could be sort of enhancing, as you were saying there, Chen, an existing framework. It's just making what's already there a little bit better and building on that. So it's not coming up with something completely new, something revolutionary, it's maybe some small increments. And if we keep doing that, we'll move down the path eventually and we'll actually end up making quite a big difference along the way. So so thank you for sharing. That sounds really exciting. You know, as part of the new role, Wei-Tien, the next 12 months are going to be very interesting. What would be the main priorities for you in your, in your mind?
1: The priority that I will be working on um, in the next 12 months is on the um, looking at our shared services center. Um, which will be kind of a bit of an extension from what I've done in Malaysia, although it's just a Malaysia migration work that I've done to the Shed Services Centre. Um, as the Shared Services Centre at Kageo matured, um, and the audit team have done quite a lot of work as well, it is now time for us to take a holistic view on how do we audit, um, how, how do we, the audit team, um, partner with the Shared Services Centre, we call them the centre, including leveraging technology for some of the review that we are doing, and, and also external benchmarking, so that we introduce an external perspective and also introducing um, um, some of the ideas, say for example, customer focused mindset to the centre. Because at the moment, it is very much just an um, internal so-called um, efficiency and transaction um, focusing um, operation.
0: And in in terms of looking at the centre as you call it, I, I guess where sustainability in my mind is very much about, I suppose, people. Is the work in the center more about process and technology? Like was what role is automation? I'm sort of thinking of and maybe robotics playing in the work there.
1: Yes. And at the center is more around processes, technology and data. Um so yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, the centre is exploring on um, automation, robotics, um, but I, again, I, I I tend to look at the centre on a different, uh, on a kind of a maturity curve kind of thing. Um, at the moment, it is still very much just, you know, getting the basic right and, and making sure we process the transaction in the most efficient and effective manner, both cost and also the resources allocation. Now, the next phase is likely to be technology and then it's kind of then shift um, along the maturity curve to something that um, towards the end I would imagine the centre will will be able to offer quite some value-added services in terms of analytics and some of the FP&A work that can potentially be done out from the centre as well.
0: That, that That's excellent, I think that's that's a good way of looking at it as well, this maturity type curve. I remember sharing a while back some thoughts around this insight productivity frontier and you know, if you get the good foundations around the data, the reporting allows you to step up into higher value analytics and sort of helping the business navigate what's around the corner. So again, another way of making finance and accounting more valuable to our stakeholders. Is there any sort of risk with the automation of any job displacement or do you sort of see it more as, as people change? changing how they approach their roles? What's your thoughts there?
1: I would think it's more of people changing their role or new job will be created and at different locations as well. I mean, inevitably, there will be people that is or are going to lose their job, um, maybe due to a location change, not necessarily the job has disappeared. I guess is a is an outcome. Come of globalization and less so in technology. I I would think some of the because there will be new jobs that get created. This is that is is going to get created maybe at a different location. Say for example in India. Now as an accounting and finance professional, then the question that you have to ask yourself is: Are you going to be competitive going to work in India? Um, but the job will still be there in the different shades and forms I would think, That's my best guess.
0: Well. Look, I completely agree. I do think that there's still going to be a requirement for people to translate, understand what's going on in the numbers and guide the business in their decision making. Mm -hmm. And That that will never go away. It just might change how we do it or maybe how much we can do it of. I think a lot of commentators talk about how much we spend our time at the moment looking at the right sources of data, cleaning it up, figuring out what to report and building those reports and sending them out on email perhaps. Whereas We really should be investing the time in the analytics and the advisory perspectives of driving the business forward. So that is, you know, how that will unfold. We're not sure, but there will be some disruption that that is what we do know for sure. So I'm going to, sort of change gears a little bit Wei-Gian you did mention earlier that developed a very broad perspective a well-rounded perspective from all your various roles and experiences what I'd really like for you to do is perhaps maybe share with us like a key strategic insight you've picked up along your way and and that might be beneficial for our listeners
1: when I move from Cargill and joy a FMCG or a CPG company called Diageo. Cargill is, is a, it's a commodity agriculture supply chain company, so money is made on moving about shipments and goods. As compared to you know what Diageo does as a, a premium alcohol company. You sell on brand, and you sell on differentiation and your premium offerings. That was when I was there. I got involved in terms of looking at the value chain and margin analysis. And with emphasis on where profit margin is taken by different players along the value chain now, um, and the impact on the final consumer price that, that we're paying as a consumer. Um, with that, you know, I kind of reflected upon the business model of Kageo. This is what I was seeing back then. Um, then... In my mind, I was thinking that's that's probably going to be a matter of time. A number of the businesses will need to make a strategic shift or, or choice in terms of where they want to play and how do they want to position themselves and uh, the gap in the current capabilities and, and how to close those. And indeed, that was the case when I rejoined cardio in 2016 when I was in Malaysia um, I, I saw that happening across a number of the businesses in Kagyo. And, um, when they started to look at what the customer needs are, this is, you know, what we can offer and also what our competitors are offering. Um, of course, there's a white space or, you know, blue ocean, some people call it, um, that untapped market that everybody is, is hope to get to, um, you know, therefore capturing the the max so-called margin and also opportunity. Um, Yeah, that that will be the, I guess, the biggest aha moment. And and right now I'm seeing it happening just in front of my eyes.
0: Yeah, I I think margins are going to become even more important uh, with all the digital disruption, the new business models out there. I mean, there's companies Mm -hmm. spouting up all over the world, even in and around that white space of traditional industries where they've got very low or zero marginal costs. So in effect, their revenue is their gross margin pretty much. So a very important area for us to focus on and probably even more important now. And I know I've seen that in my roles in my consulting experience. There's always seemingly opportunity in and around the gross margin space if you look hard enough and you talk in and around the area. Which means talking to business partners, talking to people externally and internally and connecting all the dots and then conveying the information in a way that businesses can understand how they need to act on and that's exactly what they're looking for from us really great strategic insight Chen, what I'm going to do now is go into a lightning question round so some quick fire questions and I was going to start with if you were looking back uh, earlier in your career maybe when you were starting that journey in accounting and finance you described earlier what advice would you have given your younger self?
1: I guess the advice that I will level- I would have given myself back then, and now it would have been the same advice, and I've always been doing this as well consistently, is to be true to yourself. Um, I think that's very, very important, um, to know what your passion is and, and go for it and, and never give out. And I guess that has given me a, a attribute that I, I'm always very proud of, is, is authenticity. Um, to be a good business partner or, or, you know, a finance person, whatever that you call, or even a business leader, one has to be authentic. Authentic as in, you know, be honest about your strength, your weaknesses and, and not to be afraid to be vulnerable, um, with your, with your peers, even with your boss or, or, you know, your colleagues. You can only do that when you're, when you're true to yourself. So that's the advice that I would give to, to anybody else
0: couldn't agree more and that's if if you want a meaningful rewarding and a successful career the only way that's going to happen is if you are true to yourself because if you're not it's never going to sit right with you mm. I, I like how you mentioned being a little vulnerable as well again that's just that's just part of being human and as much as some people look at us accountants and think that you're all about the numbers you, you know you you probably haven't got the best emotion <laughs> of social intelligence i, I can tell you we're, we're not like that you know we are human beings yeah. as well and the more we let that shine through i think the more we'll enjoy ourselves and the the more value we were there to add so great great bit of advice just just thinking in terms of resources for our listeners would there be one sort of audio book or book or documentary you might recommend to our audience that they should go check out
1: I do have a book. It's a very, very old book. It is not an indication of my age, but <laughs> okay. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard of this book before. It's called The Little Prince. It's by a French author. I I can never get his name right in terms of pronunciation. But in that little little book, um, I always remember there's uh, there's a phrase. When it talk about, um, it's only with the heart that one can see it rightly. And what is essential is invisible to the eye. Um, again, coming out from an accountant, it sounds a little odd, but, um, I guess coming back to being a human and, and to be a good and, and, um, trusted business partner, you must have that human element and must have the ability to empathize and connect with people. And this particular book has taught me a lot of those. Um including be authentic, be true to yourself.
0: The Little Prince. Antoine de Saint exupery
1: Ah yes <laughs> Yeah, uh, the
0: joys of the internet. I, I didn't know that off the top of my sorry. head. <laughs> Anyhow, so yeah, this is me being honest and authentic. Uh, but yes, it's one of the great <laughs> fables. I shall put links to that in our show notes. So, Wei Chen, thank you for sharing that with us and, and why it's such a great resource. I, I guess... You know, in terms of the the finance professional today, there's some sort of qualities we've discussed. People should maybe be looking towards developing. But for the finance person of the future, what would be in your mind the key qualities that they need to be developing now to to remain relevant, not only today but also into the future?
1: Having that global and open mindset and having that curiosity um, about changes. When, when, when a person has that curiosity, um, in general, they tend to be a lot more receptive and open about change. And I can foresee there are going to be more changes, um, coming along, be it technology, be it globalization, or, or just, you know, or even politics uh, that's possible that impacts some of the policy as well that will affect the finance professional. Um, so yeah, keep an open mind, um, you know, be curious about things that will ensure you know the the relevance into the future there, there is an area that i think the accountants should really start to pay attention this is on blockchain not because you know i'm, I'm researching on blockchain but i truly think it's going to disrupt quite a lot of things um in terms of how transaction is going to be recorded and how analytics is going to be done and um just just in the last few months when i was talking to different finance professionals they in Malaysia or Singapore or even overseas and they you know they haven't some of them don't even know what blockchain is um i think the other thing about finances is, is to really at least pay some attention to what is the mega trends. You don't have to know in details, but at least the basic understand what that is.
0: For a very good advice wei because there's so many mega trends you mention out there. So I think I've got it down to two but they're quite extensive. Definitely the digitization which blockchain is a part of and also business partnering which is probably how we're sort of dealing with what what, what some commentators are calling the fourth industrial revolution. But if, if people are taking that global and broad perspective, then I think you've given them some great advice and food for thought. Thank you for sharing so much about yourself with our audience and those listening to the show. If people wanted to get in contact with you, what's the best way?
1: They can find me on LinkedIn. Yeah, that will be the easiest way to get in touch with me. Drop me a message. I will always get back to you.
0: So Wei thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us been fun. People are really going to get to know a lot more about you and you've helped them in their journey, uh, giving them some sort of areas of opportunity around sustainability and also some really great explanations around why authentic's being important, but also what skills to develop the broad, well-rounded skill sets that are going to be required for for the future success of our profession. So thank you so much for your time.
1: No, Happy to. And and thank you so much. It has been a fun experience. And then, um, yeah, I really enjoyed this. We have to do some more of this podcasting.
0: (laughs) So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show.